the La Crosse Public Library Archives presents Dark Lacrosse Stories, a series in collaboration with the La Crosse Tribune. Dark Lacrosse is a suite of programs that feature the seedier side of lacrosse history and also include a downtown walking tour, a trolley tour, and an annual stage production with new content each year. was Jess Whitkins performing during the 2019 Dark Lacrosse Show at the Pump House Regional Arts Center, courtesy of Soundstrations Audio Productions. Before COVID-19 affected all plans everywhere, what you are about to hear was meant to be an episode released in October 2020, before what would have been the sixth year of our annual Dark Lacrosse Show stage production. For the last couple of years in the stage show, we have included what we call interludes. These quick, often very funny bits act as kind of palate cleansers after particularly dark or somber stories. Usually an intriguing headline catches us while researching other things in the archives, and we set it aside for later exploration. These eight interludes were featured in the 2018 and 2019 Dark Lacrosse shows. 
In February of 1895, Detective John Cody knocked on the door of Miss Helen Miller in order to question her about a stolen gold watch. At first, she said she had no knowledge of the watch. Sensing a lie, Detective Cody pressed, and eventually Miss Miller produced the missing timepiece. Cody pressed some more. She then produced a fur cloak that had also been reported missing. When asked about the purse filled with cash that had been in the pocket of that cloak, she merely turned over the purse. By the time the criminal deposition was over, Helen Miller had not only produced the watch, the cloak, and the purse, but also dry goods of every variety that she had purchased with the cash. Adolf Gunderson was born in Hedmark, Norway on October 8, 1865. He would receive professional medical training at the Royal University of Oslo in 1890. Soon after, he would join the medical practice of Christian Christensen in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Here he would become a pioneering surgeon in American medical history. Well before his American colleagues, Gunderson understood the importance of using sterile surgical equipment and how to keep post-operative infection at bay. He was one of the first surgeons in the United States to shave a patient before a procedure, something that got him in some minor trouble. One day he received an angry letter from the Barber's Union. The letter stated that they had gotten wind of his practice of shaving patients, and they insisted that he cease the activity at once and place a Union Barber in ranks. Adolf responded with a letter saying he would comply. He asked that they send someone right away in order to shave a patient's Sphincter. He did not receive a response. And now for a reading from the La Crosse Tribune in November of 1907. A small bear in the cellar of the Cameron House caused considerable excitement among the guests yesterday afternoon. J.F. White, a traveling salesman from St. Paul, was the owner of the cub and was taking the animal to Chicago for a friend. While en route, he stopped at this city for a short time to visit with friends. He tied the bear in the basement of the hotel, and a short time later, a few traveling men went to the basement. When they discovered the bear, a panic was started. The owner returned soon, and after putting the animal through a few stunts, boarded the train for Chicago. Lacrosse resident Odin Olsen was born in Norway and had immigrated to the United States along with his three brothers. He had been employed at the Stayright Engine Company plant for several years at the time of his death. His death on the job from injuries sustained during a fall on the stairs can only be described as ironic when you learn that he had been a most distinguished elevator operator. Wittenberg, 23, and Otto Dassey, 22, were arrested in 1913 for impersonating a police officer. Wittenberg and Dassey decided to harass a former resort keeper or brothel madam, Hazel Winter, at her home on 2nd and Pine Streets. The young men represented themselves as detectives investigating resorts in La Crosse and displayed a document bearing the name of the police chief. 
Informed that the resort days were over in La Crosse, they maintained they had been watching Winter's house and had enough evidence to close it. The men told Winter, So, if you can slip us $25, we may be able to keep this quiet and report your place as being all right. Winter claimed to only have $5, and so the young men agreed to return in two days' time for the remainder of her payment. In the meantime, Miss Winter consulted her good friend and former colleague, Frankie LaSalle, over the incident. When Wittenberg returned for his second installment, Miss LaSalle took him to a private room where he was given a beating and then thrown into the street. Dassey, it is claimed, did not appear the second time. Bank robberies are often big news. And the December 3, 1959 robbery of the Citizens Loan and Finance Company on Main Street was no exception. The size of the headline that day says it all, and the readers were likely enticed into purchasing the Tribune to read all about it. Bank customers and employees must have thought they were in a movie when they heard the gunman say, Give me the till, or you will be pushing daisies. A line he had surely practiced in the mirror that morning. Mrs. Mildred French, a loan officer, was covering the lunch break for the regular clerk at the time and one wonders if she had the same kind of training in handling such a situation. Mrs. French was later reported to have thought he was joking at first, but changed her mind when the bandit put his hand in his coat, indicating he was holding a gun, and said, This is a 45. Though a gun was never seen, the threat of such was enough for Mrs. French to hand him the cash drawer, from which he scooped out the money and left the office. At the time of the Tribune headline story later that evening, City and county police had set up roadblocks in hopes of catching the criminal. As for the bank, while armed robbery is always a serious offense, surely the Citizens Loan and Finance Company was comfortably insured for the mere $133 stolen from the till. Must have been a slow news day to justify such a splashy headline notifying the citizens of La Crosse of the robbery of the paltry sum of $133. The Tribune editor had to go all the way to Chicago for the next biggest story of the day. Man killed while trying to protect ducks from vandals. Here's hoping December 4th was more eventful. On September 23, 1915, county court was filled with spectators and witnesses in the trial of William Hackett and his wife for assault and battery against William Funger, Mrs. Hackett's brother. Jacob Rusgin, a rumor at the Funger home, gave an almost complete list of the swear words which the English language affords. I can't tell you what Mrs. Hackett said, Rusgin answered the attorney who commanded him to repeat the names used by Mrs. Agnes Hackett. You'll have to, said the court, and the courtroom was filled with blue for a few minutes. Now you've got what you wanted, gasped Ruskin when he completed the naughty vocabulary and a snicker went around the room. William Hackett was sent to jail for 15 days for his role in the fight. Despite the language recounted by Ruskin, Mrs. Hackett was found not guilty. Mrs. Nellie Reinertz, the elderly mother of Mrs. Hackett and Funger, tried to separate the men while they were fighting. In the fracas, she was severely bitten on the hand. And now, for another reading from the La Crosse Tribune. William West, a horse and cattle dealer, lost an ear in a runaway last Saturday afternoon. 
and being dragged over rough road, his head bounding along like a rubber ball, the ear was torn from his head. In the place of more severe injuries, the loss of the ear was the only hurt. The accident happened on the Mormon Cooley Road. Mr. West was driving a team of horses, one classed as a regular runaway. The fractious animal started to run away and took the gentler beasts with it. West was thrown to the ground, but retained a tight hold on the reins. With the horses running, he was dragged along the road. The right ear became dislodged and dropped off. And now I would like to welcome in Doug Connell. Doug is an archives volunteer who helps with the Way It Was photo that appears weekly in the La Crosse Tribune. He's also a former Tribune news clerk and editor of True Tales of La Crosse, a volume of unusual stories from La Crosse newspapers, from which we found some of these interlude stories. Detective John Cody, featured in the first story you heard about kleptomaniac Helen Miller, is a very interesting character in La Crosse history. I encourage all listeners of this to go back and listen to the Dark Lacrosse Stories episode titled Rough and Tumble Detective Cody. Another incident involving Detective John Cody appeared in the September 17, 1905 Lacrosse Chronicle and is also included in my True Tales of Lacrosse. That 1905 article reads as follows A silver star presented to John Cody in 1862 and lost that same year has been found after lying in sand for the past 43 years and returned to Mr. Cody. Now serving as a detective with the La Crosse Police, Cody received the star after being elected city marshal on April 4, 1862. The star was then lost one night in 1862 while Cody played baseball in the 900 block of Jackson Street, now a residential district. During the early days of La Crosse, the site was home to a baseball diamond where the youth of the city assembled each evening for a spirited contest the national game being as much in vogue with the pioneers of lacrosse as it is with the present citizens of the city. In the course of that 1862 baseball game, Cody lost the star, though the loss was retained in his memory for years. Then last week, he received a telephone call from the saloon of George Holtzhammer at 1935 South Avenue, asking him if he was the owner of a star with his name engraved on it. The telephone call closed with the affirmative answer and the news that the star had been found by Charles Gardner in front of his house at 927 Jackson Street while the street was being excavated in preparation for paving. The discovery of the star was reported at the Holtzhammer Saloon and Detective Cody notified. Cody soon reclaimed the star and it is now in the hands of a jeweler being repaired and polished to be kept as a keepsake by Detective Cody. End of article. Cody, who served six terms as city marshal between 1862 and 1868 and then was a member of the La Crosse Police Department from 1884 to 1908, died in 1916 at the age of 79 and is buried in the Catholic Cemetery. His six-point silver medal star from 1862, which oddly has his name misspelled as C-O-D-Y, instead of the correct spelling of C-O-A-D-Y, is now held by the La Crosse County Historical Society. As one last footnote, the former site of the old baseball field from 1862 
is now occupied by a parking lot for Viterbo College in the 900 block of Jackson Street. Thank you for listening. <laughs>